Welcome back to another episode of the More Life Podcast. We've got a really interesting episode for you guys here today. Today we'll be talking about dreams. What do they mean? Where do they come from? And why do we dream what we dream? So to get kicked off, Matt is to tell you about what the different stages of sleep are. Yeah, so I think it's important to go over um, the stages of sleeping just so we can understand um, when we dream and when we don't. So the first stage we have here. Um, you, you begin to fall asleep and it only lasts a couple minutes it's where your heartbeat uh, slows down, your breathing slows down and your muscles begin to relax. And it's actually shown that um, these things called al- alpha and theta brain waves um, are present in this stage and they're basically just uh, a sign of relaxation. Um, in the second stage we have, this is just a period of light sleep before you enter your deep sleep. And this stage lasts about 25 minutes. Um, your heartbeat and breathing slows down further there. Your eyes don't move as much and your body temperature also drops. It's pretty interesting. Stages three and four often kind of merge together. Um, there's no really distinctive difference between the two, but it's your deepest sleep before the fifth stage. And in this stage, it's arousal from sleep is pretty difficult. Um, there's no eye movement still body is fully relaxed and actually tissue repair growth and cell regeneration occurs and then our final stage is called REM sleep and REM stands for rapid eye movement this is where our dreaming happens and this the eye movements become rapid your breathing and heart rate actually increase in this stage and your limbs become temporary paralyzed but twitches are possible which is really interesting and then our brain activity is actually dramatically increased and during this stage REM sleep usually lasts about 10 minutes for the first time, and then through each REM cycle, um, it'll increase. And it can occur for roughly 60 minutes as our longest time here. And that's what I have for the stages of, of sleep. So to add on to what Matt said about the REM cycles getting longer as you the further you get into sleep, that could be one reason why you typically see people who do sleep longer than night tend to have more dreams. Also, another thing, too, I was thinking about is we go through these REM cycles multiple times, as we see, and um, you dream multiple times per night. I, I don't know if many people know that, but we, we have many dreams. I believe it's three to six dreams per night. It's just that we don't remember them all. And uh, we usually remember one or two, honestly, probably just one, if that. So getting into the uh, areas of the brain that are most active during dreams and sleep, it turns out that the emotional areas of the brain are very active during sleep, which um, is termed the amygdala. And there are signals sent to inhibit peripheral muscles so you don't punch and have violent movements during your sleep and therefore do not act out your sleep. And this is called muscle atonia. In addition, you see areas of the brain such as the prefrontal cortex, which is active in rational decision making, and the hippocampus, which uh, is involved in short-term to long-term memory shutoff. So again, with the prefrontal cortex turning off and being inhibited during dreams, this could be a reason why that you you are subconsciously believing these dreams are real because there is nothing in your brain to tell you that to rationalize and say that these are really an unpleasant and uh, a scenario that that would definitely would would not occur. So going into, I guess, personal experiences, do you have any personal experience with dreams? Oh, I have a lot of personal experience with dreams. And for me, the really interesting thing that happened was when I was younger, I used to have tons of dreams where... It would be a situation where there'd be like someone coming in to rob our house and either be myself, just myself, or my brother, myself, and my brother, my mom. We have to like figure out some way to get out and just kind of avoid that. So for me, 
when I was younger, those games were always very emotional, and it was like a threat scenario. Interesting. Yeah, for me, I know personally for me, I, I tend to have these dreams where lately I haven't been having them. It's been a while, but I have these dreams where I'm being chased, and I'm like running from, I don't it's like a figure or something like that, and I am I wake up just not being fast enough. I don't know, it's interesting, and I mean, merging into the next topic here, um, some dream meanings, I guess, what researchers and what people believe dreams could mean uh falling for example uh they believe it signifies insecurity anxiety being overwhelmed or loss of control over a situation um failing an exam or test is an example it could show that in your conscious um, life it's a reflection of your lack of confidence to move to like a next level a next step in life or or just simply stress and those are just a couple examples of dream meanings. And a lot of these meanings you can find on the internet. And there's tons of websites out there that you can really get specific with it. And it's interesting to see. Yeah, one uh, relation I, I found particularly interesting was done and found by psychotherapist Jeremy Sunbar. And it was indicated that water has a few different roles. If, you, if water comes up in your dream cycle, there's a few different online meanings that could be uh, related to that. And if there's like a change or thing that we need to, that we desire in our lives... The dream could be water being poured on us or or relaxing water, such as taking a bath, which could indicate that we are accepting change in our lives. But on the other hand, if it's a scenario where we, are, where we are drowning in our sleep, this could indicate that we are unwillingly changing and unwillingly changing and going through a change that we really don't think we need or want to go through. Yeah, so I, I guess it's, I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's important to keep track of our dreams? I don't think it's necessarily important, but at the same time, I think it could give you a greater sense of what type of state, uh, emotional status you're at in your life currently and how you're kind of progressing through that. Because if I, th- I think if you're like having constant dreams of being, let's say, drowning or being chased, that could indicate that your emotions are definitely not like stable in your conscious life. So that could be a thing to address and try and figure out some other sort of scenarios where and techniques to alter that and make that a little more comfortable. Interesting. Yeah, so when, when looking at your dreams and uh, reviewing them, if you do keep track of them or simply just curious about them, for example, being chased, running away from something, they say that they could be um, like a f- running from a fear or an anxiety in your real life. So it's it's important to not take not look at your dreams literally, but in a sense of more of a symbolic way of being chased, for example, running away for, from fears in your actual life. Yeah, exactly. And you think about different um, how dreams have our consciousness. I'll just bring up a scenario if there's any Star Wars fans out there. There was a movie where the main character in the movie um, constantly dreamt about losing someone, his wife passing away, and that led, ultimately in the movie led to his betrayal. So I just want to ask you, Matt, um, has there ever been a dream that you've had that's kind of affected your consciousness, and how did you go about addressing that? Honestly, I did, I would say a couple years ago... I- a year or two ago, it was I had I kept having this dream where I was in my car, my brakes would just give out, and I'd always crash into the car ahead of me at the at the light. And I don't know, it was just such a weird dream, and it was a reoccurring dream, which was interesting to me. It wasn't a one time thing. The funny thing is, is about two weeks after I kept having these reoccurring dreams, uh, I actually needed to replace the brake pads on my car, and it's actually like I don't know, it's just weird how coincidental that was. I'm not saying that your mind can predict the future or anything, but. Um, it's just, it's funny to see those coincidences like that. And I think, um, I, I personally think if you have reoccurring dreams, it is, um, probably in your best interest to maybe look over them and see if there's anything 
in your real life that maybe needs to be addressed? Yeah, one thing I've read is that uh, dreams, what they do is they test out scenarios in our head that are kind of unrealistic, as it kind of goes about what we said about the uh, prefrontal cortex, which is involved in rational decisions turning off during dreams. Like, it kind of tests out scenarios in our head that we think could happen. For example, in my personal life, I had a dream where I was kind of, I told some, I, I was put in a position where I had to tell someone about a scenario that I didn't want to tell them about, and I felt uncomfortable because I didn't know how they'd react. And the dream kind of tested that out, tested that scenario out for me, and it put me in that situation, and then I was put in that un- uncomfortable position. Yeah, so I, I guess what we should do next is look at a couple dream theories and see what experts out there believe the meaning of dreams. Like, why do we dream? Yeah, so I'll start. Um, in terms of the function of dreams, I read about one study done by French neuroscientist Michael Jouvet, and he did a study where, and it was targeting psychological individualism, which is the main purpose of, in his in his mind, the main purpose of dreams. And what this did was it blocked the muscle atonia by jam- by damaging an area of the brain called the locus ceruleus alpha, which is in the brainstem. And this was done on a cat. And the purpose of this was to see what happened if the cat was able to um, move their limbs and act out, the, act out their dreams. And what he found was the cat would do things such as licking, growling, chasing prey, fighting, and mastication. And this showed that the dreams kind of, for this cat anyway, reinforced the species' typical behavior. and kind of acted as a way to stabilize her personality. And of course, this would be very difficult to do on humans just because of nature and of the study and all that. But it's interesting from his study, it seemed like there's definitely some solid evidence there that our dreams are kind of a way to reinforce what we've done recently and help us in our maturation. Yeah, no, that, that is an interesting study. Um, the thing that's tough about that, though, is cats are, I feel like, compared to humans, are definitely a little more simpler, I think. Um, so it would be interesting, actually, to see a study like that on humans. It would be crazy to see the results that would come. But like you said, obviously, it would be very difficult to do that. Um, but I do think there is some um, evidence there shown that, you know, we could look into. Yeah, it'd be really cool to think about, like, if if, if you were to do that study in a human, would they do uh, um, um, activities that are similar or individual to them? Such as, like, if there's a man who, was, who worked at an office job 10 hours a day, would he be leaning over and typing in his dream? Or would it be, or for example, someone who was driving all day, would he be pretending he had a steering wheel and constantly driving in his dream? Or to be more simpler human functions like eating or talking or really things you can go into, into depth with that about. So this theory that you're you're going over, this is basically, to put it in simpler terms, this is taking uh, like repetitive motions that we have on a day-to-day basis and reenacting them in our dream. Yeah, pretty much. It's just kind of, it's just kind of reestablishing uh, that person's own personality and their psychological things that they go through on a day-to-day basis, basically. Hmm. Okay. Uh, another one that I found is it's called a threat simulation theory, and they describe this. Um, it was actually similar to a situation you were describing earlier. Um, it's, it describes a dream as a defense mechanism our brains put us in to prepare us for, uh, I guess, scary events. And this is, I'm sure most people have heard of, like a fight or flight situation. And I mean, this seems logical. Like if we're put into a dangerous situation in our brain. It would prepare us if we were put in a dangerous situation in uh, real life. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I agree. I think this could definitely be applicable to everyday life just because we've been seeing that dreams have an ability to kind of prepare us for different scenarios, as I talked about earlier. And 
preparatory mechanism for sure. I think um, with this one too, most people can relate with having not a well nightmares too, but bad experiences in dreams, whether being chased or um, being attacked or intruded on. And I think uh, this is why this theory is so big because it seems it seems like it could have some truth behind it. Yeah, for sure. And to add on to that, um, another function of dreams that I found in a study was that the purpose of emotional regulation. So in a study done by Carwright, it showed that people who dream negative, who have negative dreams earlier in their sleep cycle and REM sleep, typically are able to have better um, moods when they're in their conscious state compared to having a dream ne- later in the dream cycle, which could lead to uh, that carrying over into their conscious when they wake their consciousness when they wake up, and lead to depression. So with that one you just said, I just want to clarify with that. You said that if they have a better mood in their day-to-day life when they dream early in the REM cycle, it's it's a bad experience? Is that what you were saying? So what happens is if they have this negative – if it's clearly talking about negative dreams and depression. If they have negative dreams earlier in their dream cycle, typically they can, they can get over this during their dream. They can have their mood and emotions change during the dreams, during the whole sleep cycle which leads to them having a positive, more positive result when they wake up and get into their everyday life. But if they release, but if they have these negative dreams later in the dream cycle, then that could carry over into their life and they could have a bad, for example, like a bad emotion during the day. Ah, interesting. So the later it is in the cycle, it makes it harder for them to, in their, um, in their dreams, to overcome those difficult scenarios. Yeah, exactly. And I think that could be um, what you talked about earlier. The REM cycle is being longer as you get into the sleep because you typically remember the later dreams you have later in the sleep cycle. So if those later dreams in your sleep cycle were negative, that could definitely have a carryover effect into the next day. That's a good point because, I mean, I mean, who really wakes up from a nightmare in a good mood? Not many. <laughs> I can't say I have. No. You know, uh, you wake up from a nightmare and you're just, I mean, you're not in like a horrible mood like your day's ruined, but it, it's, it throws you off a little bit. Um, another one that I found, uh, Sigmund Freud, he believed dreams revealed... Uh, like unconscious repressed conflicts or wishes. So this, in simpler terms, is our unconscious mind kind of speaking to us in a way of maybe something we don't realize we want or a situation we think of a lot, but we really do. How do you think, what do you think about this theory? Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting because I feel like it'd be good to look at that from a standpoint of these uh, positron emission tomography studies where they kind of see which parts of the brain are active at different times just by telling which parts of the brain are receiving blood flow. So, for example, if a person was, if let's say a person was under, had a depressive disorder and they were down most of the day, would their dreams be more of a depressive form, a negative dreaming, where they're, let's say, being chased or being drowned or things of that nature, or would they be more positive, where they're going through like a goal of theirs or they're accomplishing something they were working towards? It'd be interesting to see if like those dreams are, re- are reestablishing what was uh, achieved in their during the day beforehand, or if they're uh, the opposite emotion to counteract what they did in the day. Another topic I'd like to bring up is lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming is said to basically control your dream and be aware that you are dreaming. And it's, an, it's a really interesting topic, but I'd like to ask you, do you think you've ever had a lucid dream? I could tell you that for sure. I have definitely had a lucid dream. And most times they're in a situation where it's a negative dream and like I think it might be a situation where I've woken up to the point where I can kind of convince myself that that is not really happening. And again, it just—it's probably a situation where I can only do it when it's been a long enough dream and like I'm waking up to the point where I can feel it and tell that it's not real. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if it was if it was early in the dream cycle, then 
I definitely would definitely would not be able to do that. With me, I think I don't think I've lucid dreamed before. It's it's really hard to tell, and I think because it's hard to tell for me, I probably haven't. Um, but when I was looking up on this stuff, I saw that there's this thing called lucid dreaming therapy. And like you mentioned before, with the um, theory regarding having bad experiences in your dreams and waking up with those and uh, linked to depression, I feel like this could be a good form of therapy because it's used for, you can do a training. I don't know the exact details on it, but I know it's out there and people do practice this. Um, you can a specific training to train yourself to be aware that you are dreaming and that you can change those dreams because you're just in control of your brain. And I think it would be that therapy could be used to maybe aid in treating depression. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility for sure. Um, when looking up lucid dreaming, uh, I did found that there are a few ways to tell if you're in lucid dream. One of them is uh, trying to stick your fingers like in your the opposite palm. And if you can do that, then you're obviously in a dream because that's obviously not possible if you weren't. Mm-hmm. But if you have difficulty with that, then you would be, um, of course, conscious. And then I've also found that there are strategies to induce lucid dreaming. One of which is waking up five hours after you're going to bed and then immediately going back to sleep. As I guess this could be shown to uh, see that you are kind of mixing the uh, different areas of the brain which shut off during sleep versus are um, active during consciousness. And so if those get intermingled, it could lead to you being conscious of your dreams and being able to uh, influence them. Yeah, so um, after going over all these theories and hearing the experts' opinions, what do you think? What do you think? For, for me, I just think that dreams are kind of uh, reinforcing what you've been through through the day. I think that makes the most sense, as I talked about in the uh, study by Michelle uh, Jouvet, for, in terms of the cat with the turning um, turning off muscle atonia so they can act out their dreams. I think that makes the most sense, where you're kind of just reinforcing what you did through that day. And also maybe um, in terms of the testing out scenarios, I could definitely see how what you don't want to be, what you don't want to address in your conscious state, could be definitely what your brain pushes you to do in your in, in your unconscious state. Do you have any thoughts or agree with that? Honestly, I think there's a little bit of truth to each one of these theories. I think I don't think one of them is fully correct. I think each one you could probably pull bits and pieces of each one. Yeah, I, I think all of them seem uh, pretty legit to me. Because like uh, flying, for example. I feel like, I don't know, there's different, like, you can't have flying in a in day-to-day life, you know? So I think that would be more of, like, Freud's theory, where he believes that they reveal our unconscious wishes. Like, maybe we think about flying a lot, whether that's in an airplane or maybe uh, as a superhero, the ability to fly. Um, I, I think something like that, where we could be taking parts and pieces of each one and maybe piecing it together. Yeah, it could be just like things you want to achieve or things you're very interested in see happen because, um, it's, again, we talk about the dreams are mostly um, how in dreams what happens is the rational things that are involved with our brain turn off so that we need to do scenarios coming up in our brain or in our dreams that typically would not happen. So I guess it's kind of testing out those theories and seeing like mixing different things together and seeing how they could work together. There really isn't a ton of research or there is research on dreams, but there's really not a ton of concrete research that shows specific links between things and dreams but there are definitely a lot of theories out there and it's interesting to look at each one of them and see if they make sense to you and if they're applicable to what you've experienced in dreams yeah so when we're going to these dream meetings again um do you think there's maybe symbolism behind it of what's happening in your dream do you think 
do you believe in what people are saying about if you're being chased, it could mean this? Or do you think there's it's more of like a literal aspect? Um, yeah, I think it could. I think it definitely varies from person to person. But I do think that um, depending on what dream you're having in terms of what emotions you're feeling that dream, that could definitely have a link between what you're experiencing in your life. I mean, just for me, like, I've definitely had dreams before. Like, for example, a day before a big exam, I would have a dream where I was like failing the exam or like taking the exam and I ran out of time all of a sudden and things of that nature. So I definitely think there's your brain kind of gives you gives you scenarios that you could see, but just different getting the same motions but different scenarios. I think. Yeah, I think uh, going back to you saying that uh, the research is hard on this this topic is dreams are almost solely based on a, our own memory, and I I mean there's tons of evidence out there. The human brain is just bad for memory. We, we can't remember things vividly for a long period of time you see it in court you see it everywhere it's it's hard to have a reliable source with our own brains unless it's scientific measuring you know the blood flow that kind of thing and that that's just not going to answer all our questions it'll answer some but not all of them no it's not and just just studying the brain in general or not even the brain but just studying dreams in general is so difficult because in order for these studies to be reliable and accurate you have to have such a a clear amount of data and that's really impossible to do based on what humans need in everyday life and what how much measure would go into it for sure. So Matt, is there anything you'd want to get into in terms of the importance of sleep? Yeah, I mean, sleeping, It's, it's this topic's a little bit off from the dreaming part, but I think a lot of people underestimate the importance of sleep. It's just as important as eating, drinking. Um, it, it can really do a lot for our bodies. Um, it's proven to lower the risk of uh, weight gain it makes us uh, more productive and concentrated during the day. It's shown to increase our athletic and physical performance, lower depression, strengthen our immune systems, which during the time uh, like we're in now with uh, COVID-19, it's very important. And um, it's even shown with preventing uh, depression. And I think this is a lot of thing. This is a lot of stuff that uh, people don't really, I guess, look into. A lot of people put sleep off, you know, especially college students. You got to stay up, study for that test, and you only get like, what, three, four hours? I mean, you know, you're, you're in PT school. It, it's tough out there. And um, it would be good for more people to prioritize their sleep because it's really an important part of our day-to-day life, I think, yeah, especially I think, our health. Yeah, I think for sure. Just speak, just from the studying I've done on neuroscience and just even this dreams like thing um, and how important dreams are with memory. I like personally refuse to step online for an exam just because I've learned about how important that is dreams are and the and sleep is from memory and moving for, and how the hippocampus is important in that dream cycle and shifting short term memories into long term memories so you can uh, help with that during school. Yeah, yeah, no, it it definitely is important and I guess before we close off this episode, I encourage the listeners to go out there and really look into their own dreams. Um, see what they find and because dreams are really personalized. Everyone has different dreams and there's usually not two dreams that are the same. Um, there's lots of websites out there, lots of theories out there, and I encourage everyone to go out there and see what's out there. Just see, understand your dreams because it could it could lead to something. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we've, we've given you like a lot of information today and different theories, but the main thing to take away is maybe one thing you could do is start maybe start a dream journal where you write down what happened in your dreams the emotions you felt in your dreams and see and then over time you can kind of see if there's a link there between if your dreams are getting more negative or more positive or 
maybe you can maybe you can kind of uh, relate that to something in your life. Like maybe if you're having a lot of negative dreams, maybe it could be something that's happening in your life that could influence that, or maybe maybe the opposite and vice versa. There's a lot of different things to look at with dreams, and it's definitely an interesting topic to explore. And with that, Matt, do you have any uh, closing remarks for our audience? Uh, no, I think that's it. Yeah, we've definitely brought up a lot of topics today. Um, some interesting topics. We thank you guys for listening for the whole version. And with that, this has been another episode of the More Life Podcast.